electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Coming off five straight weekly gains, longest in more than a year. Got the infrastructure bill, U.S. reopens for international travel today. CPI Wednesday could be the main event, and as Joe said, 10-year below 148. Our roadmap begins with the record rally, futures pointing to new highs. Dow gets the big infrastructure boost with Caterpillar and others rising sharply. But uh, shares of Tesla this morning are sliding a bit. Elon Musk asking his Twitter followers over the weekend if he should sell 10% of his stake in the EV company. And next door, making its public debut via a SPAC merger here at the NYSC. We're going to talk to CEO Sarah Fryer later on this hour. First up, though, stocks look to continue their record run. CAT, Nucor, U.S. Steel, Deere, among those getting the boost from the House passage of the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which is now awaiting the president's signature. We're going to watch Duke and uh, Vulcan and a bunch of other names, Jim. I'm calling this the obvious market. Now, when people first started coming in because of 401k and IRA, things were obvious. It'd be like, well, infrastructure bill, geez, what do we buy? Now, and then there was this considerable period where you would sell today because, well, everyone would have already been in these. No, we come in, there's a catalyst buy, Caterpillar, Nucor's been up day after day after day. And we were going to do a piece on Man Money tonight about winners of infrastructure. I said, no, it's too obvious. I'm not going to do it. But obvious wins in this market. I've never seen, David, Obvious win. Sorry, didn't mean to bother you. Uh, Obvious wins. <laughs> He's got anyway. I'm just busy jamming there. Yeah, I was looking up Acom actually because I wanted to see if that was up. Well, there too. you go. Infrastructure. These, there aren't that many. You know, these are. I, well, there's call them pure pays. plays in infrastructure. Maybe. I mean, there's certainly potential beneficiaries if you're digging. If your business is helping people dig stuff up, I guess you're well, going to benefit. Been up for days, but there aren't that many pure play infrastructure. Place. That's like, why you buy this PAVE. PAVE? ET, oh, ETF. There I you mean, go. you know, people are like, right. hey, I got an idea. Let's buy stocks that do well. I, I, I remember in 80, when Reagan was elected, he said he was going to build a 600-ship Navy. And you could go buy a company that had to do with the Navy and make money. And I said, well, this is ridiculous. How can you – everybody knows this is going to pass. How can you go buy Ingalls Shipyard? Carl, we're there. It's like, hey – Wow, infrastructure. Let's buy some new right. What about names that are exposed to some of the smaller components of the spending? <laughs> the uh, stream, or, or streaming. Uh, Comcast is up a touch, back to 54 at last. Well, I mean, maybe we should just buy, I don't know, EverReady, because it's about batteries. I mean, there is this, like, charge point. You know, you'll see them. They're coming well, by. It's, what? like, lucid. Fisker. I mean, just the, the broadband access. It, thank yeah. you. Thank Probably. you. Just all, trying to figure that one getting, out. Charge points getting another day in the sun. Yeah. See, so what's great is, is that people make money today, and then tomorrow we forget about the infrastructure bill, and they're stuck in... 
He's that, that may or may not be true, but I mean, what, having a scheme? nationwide uh, 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 EV network right. where you can go charge your car is pretty vital if you're actually going to increase the true ownership levels of EV in this country. True, but some of these companies have you know 500 chargers, 800 chargers. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be as much as, I think, $5 billion allocated towards creating absolutely. or helping so create the nationwide EVgo, network charge for point. charging? Oh, no, absolutely. ChargePoint. But again, what I'm saying is, is that, well, shouldn't you have bought ChargePoint last week? Everyone knew that. It does seem somewhat obvious, but right. Captain that's obvious. easy to say now. It's Captain obvious. Because, uh, frankly, it was never completely clear if and when this thing was going to pass. I'm not sure people were counting on and more than a dozen Republican supporters, right? Well, did, There's did, some surprises. The president just never stopped talking about this thing. It was just endless. I mean, this was a signature. Well, was a signature. given how it went, they could have passed it months ago, it would seem. Right. Or at least certainly weeks and weeks ago. Right. And weeks and but, weeks do add up to months. But I'm, I'm saying that there, if many people did realize that it could pass. Yes. They're in the stocks. I mean, the steel stocks rolled down. All right, so they all are going to go up today and down, uh, down over that's the next two weeks? That's my point. I figure. I just want to make point. sure to clarify. Like, if you come in and buy Nucor, there'll be some analysts say, listen, to next year they're going to have the earnings should be cut in half. You know, they hate the steels. They love the steels. Then they hate the steels. I mean, it's a ridiculous market. It's like, hey, let's go buy the steel stocks. They're going to build bridges. No, it's not going to. Imp- I mean, steel is really dependent upon autos. And we can't get the chips, so they can't buy more, build more autos. Yeah. Goldman with some mixed messages on that point this morning. They, yes. uh, they say last night, David Costin, that he's optimistic about supply chain bottlenecks, given that shipping rates have come down. But then Hotsius this morning uh, in a note says at least CPI, core CPI, is going to get hotter before it cools well, down. Use cores. Used cars are just hard to find. I had, I had Carvana on Friday, and they, geez, they can't find it. Shortage of cars. You, you ever used Carvana, dude? Uh, I have not, Jim. No. I, I used Carvana. I bought a car. Yeah. I didn't like it. They took it back. Did they? Yeah. I said, guys, I don't like this car. I said, okay, we'll take it back. What do they do with it after that? I have no idea. It's not like when you return something to Amazon and they throw it away. Is well, it? no. What? Just are you kidding. Take it to Kohl's? I mean, no. You said, okay. Take I, it to Costco? I said, I didn't like it. What? Costco. Costco. Costco's doing well, but a good deal here on this car. Now, let's take Boeing. Okay, is Boeing, now there's international travel, right? So that's another obvious one. Do we think that international travel is never going to come back? Like, wow, let's go buy plane companies. How can the market be so stupid? Like, how can nothing be, I mean, this is just these new investors have come in. Uh, Not the Robin and Dogecoin people, I don't know if they're buying, but, like, everyone knew this. Like cruise ships. Well, everyone knew that cruise ships are doing better. I had Frank Del Rio on. He said, listen, 2022 is good. And they go up. I mean, does anyone do any? If you'd done any homework, you would have known every one of these. How's that possible? (laughs) No, honestly, David. Basically saying, where have you been? To, to a lot Everybody of wakes up every day, and it's like, oh, it's a new day. I'm going to buy trade desk. Somehow this happened to you in your in your past, I think, where right. you were running your hedge fund, and yeah. this was going on, and you were like, I cannot believe I didn't buy these things Well, I mean, because it was so obvious, right. well, and I assumed it was already in there, and it wasn't, and now I feel like an idiot. Well, the most You're of the big money, something right, well, most of big money managers come in, and they yeah. say, uh, well, you know what? Um, hyperinflation. I come in and I say, how, hey, how was, the, well, how was Disney's movie? 70 million. Oh, okay, buy Disney. Can it? Uh, oh, we're going to give away $2. Hey. Oh, $2, you get the, uh, you get the cheap. Plus, Disney I mean, Plus. Honestly, yeah. it can't be this stupid. It can't be. Can it? Of course it can. 
why? What happens? Why does Ethereum go up every day? What the hell is that? All-time high today. Yep. We're gonna, hey, what is that? We're going to talk more about Ether and Disney. Really quick, though, let's just squeeze in Tesla. Uh, what a weekend, uh, given the poll from Elon Musk about whether or not he should sell 10%. Uh, the poll saying yes. Our story, Robert Frank saying it's because of a big tax liability. Jeffrey's today, by the way, street high 1400 right. from 950. How'd you vote? <laughs> I voted that he should sell. I didn't vote. My wife said, have you voted yet? I said, voted what? The big poll. I said, what poll? The Tesla poll. So, okay. And then we, we haven't even mentioned his uh, uh, foul language uh, tweet to Ron Wyden. I don't know if you guys saw that. No, I, I did yeah. not. Go, go back and look. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'll take a look at that. But Robert is he a Frank's reporting on this is very interesting because no, it does not. appear as much motivated by the fact that he has to, he had to. sell stock in order to meet what is going to be a large tax liability because of this huge amount of, uh, of options that are coming due yeah, that he, he has to, to exercise. Now $6, we're doing his tax plan. $6.24, by the way, is the strike price. So but, that just yeah, shows you. But now, didn't you think it was just he's done? He's almost 10 years old. Uh, but that's the story. He's got a but, huge tax liability. But it was to show that 54, by the yeah. way, 54% well, because he's paying California, California still because he earned this when he was in California. So it's, it's federal to to Texas, plus the excise or the extra three point something plus California, 54%. And wow. he doesn't Jeez, have that on so hand. Little. He's left for so little after this. Maybe another reason also, by the way, overall, he remember that he may contribute money towards a food bank. And that could also obviously contributing very high base of stock, get the charitable deduction. Great, by the way. Good for him. But it will also help offset. Some so of that you, did, you obviously ability. didn't vote either. I did not vote. I didn't. I was not aware of the poll. Well, it's not like Democrat or Republican. It's just like. And then people, like, yeah, there was a good vote. It was a good poll. A lot of people. Several voted. million votes. A lot of people voted. Yes. I felt I had to vote because it was my, you know, my it's your duty as a citizen to vote. <laughs> United yeah. Rentals. Did you get a sticker? I voted. I voted. I voted like you were duped. I only voted really, once. It doesn't really matter because you know he's got to sell the stocks. The yeah. Thing, I don't know. I felt like I had to be. I felt like I had feel, to do something. You feel like you were I, used? I wanted to buy Elon. As though he no really more cared. Than next door uses Less me. what was in that poll? How about URI up a quick 20? URI's been up every I single know. day. We're now gonna, people go, oh, URI. We're going to talk more infrastructure. We're going to have an exclusive with uh, PepsiCo CEO Ramon LaGuardia, uh, live from the COP26 Climate Summit in Glasgow. Uh, take a look at the futures. Bunch of calls this morning on Walmart, PayPal, Cat, Apple, and more. We'll be back. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shehi a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective? 
is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Let's get over to Diana Olick live from the UN Climate Change Conference to COP26 in Glasgow, Scotland with a special guest. Hi, Diana. And the CEO of PepsiCo, Ramon LaGuardia. Thanks so much for being with us. First of all, tell us, why are you personally here at COP26? Hi, Leanne. Thank you for uh, hosting me. Listen, we, we made a, a big commitment about uh, a few weeks ago, uh, PEP Positive. Uh, and within PEP Positive, our number one goal was to become net, net uh, zero by 2040. That's a big, a big uh, ambition for PepsiCo. And when we want to do that, uh, I need everybody with me. I need the full ecosystem of actors with me. I need NGOs to provide me with knowledge and provide me with implementation in the market. I need policy, so I need uh, policymakers with me to help me transform my company. I need a lot of partners in the uh, supply chain, as you said, technology partners. I need uh, other peers in the industry to uh, scale new technologies. So this is a, a, a unique place where we can meet in three, four days, we can meet all these different uh, parties in the ecosystem to make attraction in what is, I think, a, a super important uh, topic for us. On the other hand, I want to send a signal to my people, you know, my own associates. We have 300,000 people around the world. When I'm here, they see that climate is critical for us. It's critical because we're a food company, we depend on agriculture, and they get the message. So it's, it's uh, you know, we get a lot done, but we also send some signals to our people that this is very relevant for PepsiCo and our future. And these are all wonderful goals, but obviously there's a green premium to it all. That is an extra cost to your company's bottom line. What do shareholders need to know about the cost that you're going to put in to get green, by, to get carbon zero by 2040, whether that's in your food or your beverage? We, we see this uh, journey both as a risk mitigation for our company. Uh, as I said, uh, we are an agriculture company. Uh, agriculture and weather are very related. If we don't do this, we're going to have problems down the, uh, down the road. We're doing mitigations with water. Uh, you know, we're quite intelligent now to understand where water is going to be in the future. We know what the weather is going to be in the future. And, and we're starting to do mitigation strategies around our farming and our facilities. But I think this is a major growth opportunity for PepsiCo. If I, if I can get my consumers to prefer my brands because I am um, somehow more environmentally friendly and I can convince them that that's the way they want to live their lives and make their choices, I am, I'm going to be very successful. I think growth is going to be my, uh, my big reward to uh, shareholders for investing in PepsiCo and believing in this transformation. So I have, I have this product here that I was showing you earlier. This is a, uh, a product that we sell here in, in, in the UK. It's 100% recycled RPET. We do this in Western Europe all across. This product is 40% less gas, uh, you want polluter, than a uh, Pepsi, the same Pepsi product in 100% virgin plastic. Those are the type of moves. If you take now the next iteration for us is to have Pepsi products in SolarStream. That's the ultimate, you know, zero pollution kind of consumption model. So that's how we're thinking about, you know, the, uh, the value for the shareholders is in creating value for consumers. And I think PepsiCo brands will be preferred because of this transformation we're making. Okay, I want to get to the carbon credit markets next, but Jim Cramer has a question for you first. Thank you, Diane, and you're doing unbelievable work there. Just fantastic reporting. Raymond, good to see you again. 
It's good to see you, Jim. Here's what I want to know. You have your own truck network. You have your own uh, delivery system. What are you going to do to be able to cut the emissions from that? Because it's a great asset, but it also generates diesel uh, fumes. Would you be buying a Rivian product? Would you be buying somebody's trucks that uh, use hydrogen? What's your plan? Yeah, it's good, uh, Jim. Actually, transportation is about a 10% of our overall gas emissions, so it's important. Uh, and we, we're, we're working on different solutions. Uh, as you think about, you know, we replace our fleet regularly every 10 years, more or less. That's the life of a truck. And we're already starting to uh, buy uh, electric uh, trucks, actually, from Tesla. I mean, I don't want to promote anybody, but that's the brand we're using so far. And we're getting our first deliveries, this Q4. So it's something we started a few years ago. We're working with Tesla. But clearly, to, to make this pivot, which is late in our journey uh, because we think this technology is now too expensive. We, we hope it's going to go down and we're working on that to go down. To make this transition, I need clean energy. I need clean energy no matter, you know, even, even if the cars are electric, still they're going to be very pollutant if we don't change the grid to clean energy. So I need the, what I was saying earlier, I need policymakers to help us pivot our uh, electric grid to uh, clean electric grid so that electric vehicles can be zero pollutants. But that's, that's the journey for us, and you're right. Uh, trucks is a big, is a big component, 10% uh, of our gas emissions, and we're, it's, it's a big pillar of our, of our transformation. Ramon, I want to follow up there. I, I didn't know your deal with Tesla. Can you kind of flush it through? Tesla's down very badly because of a, a tax bill, and it might be an opportunity. I didn't know that you had this good relationship with Tesla. Yeah, we're, we're working with different uh, providers in different parts of the world. Tesla is, is a, uh, obviously a, um, a, you know, a, an innovator, uh, and they're, they're, they're innovating together with us in solutions that work for our particular needs of our tracks. So, yes, they are, they are a partner of ours for that, this particular solution. You about the, the carbon credit markets. A lot of negotiations this week are going to be centered on that. Obviously, cap and trade, very important for you to get to net zero by 2040. Are you in on those negotiations? What do you want to see? And what is wrong with carbon credit trading right now? Yeah. As PepsiCo, we think that we need to start pricing into our, you know, every company's uh, cost structure, the, rea the externalities of carbon. Uh, unless we can price into our uh, cost structures, we will not make the right decision. So we are in favor of carbon uh, carbon uh, markets and I'm putting a price to carbon that it allows us to make the best decisions. Now, what we wouldn't like uh, carbon markets to be is a, uh, a way for companies to delegate their responsibility to reduce their carbon emissions and just go after offsets. I think the first responsibility of our companies, and that's the way we're approaching it, is to reduce your own emissions, to work with your supply chains, with your farmers, in our case with our plastic solutions, to uh, uh, our portfolio, to reduce our own emissions. And then go into the uh, uh, you know, carbon markets to, uh, to that last part that you cannot offset. In our case, we're thinking about insets. So we're thinking about helping farmers sequester carbon, and then you know by helping those uh, those farmers, we're going to reduce our own emissions. So that's we're not thinking about offsets; is what we call insets, which is a bit different. Um, yeah. About innovation and technology, some of these star startups we're seeing literally hundreds of them here in carbon capture, other types of technologies. Are those some of the companies you're talking with 
Can you name any names yeah. of whom you might be investing in? We're, we're talking with a lot of them. Uh, I mean, the, the big areas of technology that we need in PepsiCo are around, yes, we're measuring carbon and helping farmers. That's one area. The other big area where we're uh, you know, doing a lot of work is on a new generation of materials for packaging. I mean, ideally biocompostable, so that we there is a marine degradation of our of our packaging. That is a big area, an area where we put in a lot of R and D resources, an area where we're going to need the ecosystem to scale them up. Those are those are technologies that initially will be more expensive. Eventually, they could be as you know, as affordable as our current packaging solutions, and they will have a very meaningful impact in the planet, in the, in the, you know, the carbon emissions and, and the marine life. So that's, that's a big focus area for us. So interesting. I could talk about this forever, but we're out of time. Ramon Malgorda, thank you so much for joining yeah, us, yeah. CEO of PepsiCo. Carl, back to you. All right, Diana, thank you very much, our Diana Olick. Still to come this morning, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. Take one more look here at futures on this uh, Monday morning. Busy week ahead with uh, plenty of earnings and, of course, CPI on Wednesday. Back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Some of the toughest decisions have been like that trade-off between engagement and growth versus slowing people down. And I don't think enough platforms are doing that, by the way. That growth at any cost mentality is what's really damaging us in terms of areas like social media. Next door CEO Sarah Fryer at the Fortune Most Powerful Women's Summit last month. A few moments from now, she'll ring the opening bell to celebrate her social media firm going public as part of a SPAC deal. And later this hour, Sarah Fryer will discuss Next Door's game plan for growth in the first on CNBC interview with Jim. We're going to look forward to that. Uh, ticker kind. Brilliant person. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. All right, let's get to a Jim and a Mad Dash here as well as we count down to an opening bell, of course, first trading session of the week ahead. NVIDIA captured the imagination of a lot of investors last week that perhaps it had not previously, helping it to surge to even higher and larger gains for the year, up some 128% so far this year, Okay, Jim. so we were talking earlier about the obvious market. Tomorrow, Jensen Wong presents his incredible keynote. Now, this is one where the, the country, if you're in technology, stops and listens because he is, I this say, is an annual keynote yes, that he the gives. Most, I think he's the most brilliant man in technology. I've never found anyone who disputes that. And we want to know whether they'll talk omniverse. We don't know. He dazzles us. Omniverse uh, is his metaverse. Omniverse yes. And I spend, it, it takes me maybe three hours to read because you have to constantly Google back and forth and Google back and forth because he's just not, we're not of him. He's at another level, but it's a great teaching lesson, and I think that everyone is going to love it, and that's why the stock's going up. So that's tomorrow. Yes. We don't know what he it's is still, going the, to discuss. The festival starts today. No, it's, it's a top-secret thing. Okay. Um, but it will be the most entertaining thing you've ever seen in technology, and you will learn more from his speech than if you went to Stanford for 72 years. <laughs> and so even at this level, 
and you have obviously been positive on NVIDIA for many, many Since years. Since it was 20. One of your favorite stocks. It's been 20. a great call. Still Thank like you. it. Yeah, very Even much with so. with this latest surge. Well, I don't know what he's going to talk about. Maybe he, is, he likes to talk about solving something. You know, he solved landing a man on Mars while I was there. So here's what you have to do. You have to go here, and then when you're a mile before, then you got the thrusters. I said, why are you doing this? He goes, why, why wouldn't you do it? But, you know, did you think about landing a man on Saturn? No, he's just, he has, he, you'll love his keynote. <laughs> you'll love it. There's the opening bell on the CNBC real-time exchange and the big board, as we said, next door, a neighborhood social networking app celebrating its listing via SPAC. And Jim will talk to Sarah Fryer in a few moments. Over the NASDAQ, it's Broadcom celebrating its investor day. What a week in semis. Yes. We got NXP investor day Thursday. Got a data center event at AMD today. Yes, that's going to be very important. That's high performance uh, computing, and that's something that the Milan offering, it's going to be an extension of Milan, uh, Lisa Sue picks these Italian cities to talk about a roadmap. And so a lot of us try to bet, which is the next Italian city. Is it going to be Florence? Kind of like Apple does with operating systems. Yes. And, yeah. and it's a great guessing game. And she initially didn't think it was, but a lot of us try to bet on what city's next. What's the matter? Nothing. It's funny. Well, David, these are people, uh, Hawk 10, these are people who have become rock stars. Yes. And... We look at these semiconductor companies. We've re- reclaimed this industry. Now we just have more fabs. But we've reclaimed this. I mean, these companies are amazing. And not Intel. Intel not is Intel. advanced we micro is taking it, although business. we're not uh, manufacturing them. No, we need to change that. And that's so and that's we, we have the intellectual property behind them. Right, we but don't that's, manufacture the we, actual. True, but all, also with the exception of, of uh, one company, all the, 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 all the machines are made, the capital equipment machines are out. Here. Yeah. Well, but there's one made in... ASML. Dutch. That's Dutch. And we've been blocking the, the ASML from selling to... The Chinese. China, which is why a lot of people feel that China is going to take action against Taiwan. That's, to me, a limited na- notion. But Taiwan seems to be taking action against a deal, David. I mean, China taking action against a deal. There's 51 jobs. Looks like that, that deal might fall apart because the Communist Party has been interested in what's going on with it. Which deal are you talking about? 51 jobs going private. Well, I'm just following these Chinese stocks because, like, 50 JOBS is a symbol, so it's easy to remember, and it just gets crushed. I mean, I don't understand. There's been a lot going on in Chinese stocks, by the way. But SoftBank didn't do that well. Well, that was the whole point of the segue, for heaven's sakes. It took me a minute to get there. You were were further down the field, and then I got caught up. It was just so dovetailed. There is a lot going on, but the attention is going to be stolen this morning by, Jim, as we said at the top, Vulcan, Nucor, Martin Marietta, URI. Um, all leading the S&P this morning. People have rocks in their head to be able to buy these rock stocks. I mean, everyone knew this. Like, we were, honestly, when we are going over the piece this weekend uh, with Ben Stoto as my research director and major domo, I said, it's just too obvious. We can't possibly talk about the rock stocks. I mean, we've had them all, you know, we had Martin Marietta materials. David, this, it's rock, but we call it aggregate. That's yes. a better name. Aggregate, aggregate. rock. I, by the way, I didn't know PepsiCo was an agriculture company. That was, that was news to me. That was new. I thought it was a. I really thought it was a snack company. A corn and a, syrup. I, yeah. Corp, yes. Yeah, agriculture. It's agriculture. Mondelez says it's. And there is a look company. at PepsiCo. You know that Unilever's an agricultural company. Apparently, we're all agricultural companies, right? Newcorp. Is Archer Daniels still an agricultural company? <laughs> yes. Okay. 
I just uh, wanted to make sure. Can so, we should we talk about SoftBank for a moment? Oh, well, let's I think take it's, a look at the stock. There's, get the snow, um, get the snow shot ready. Okay. <laughs> the blizzard. Um, and there were significant losses in the portfolio, as you imagine. But to Jim's point, a lot of people knew this. Maybe yeah. they didn't know it as much on infrastructure as you thought, but they seem right. to have known it here to some extent uh, because it was fairly easy to, to, to add up what might have been sizable losses in, in, in value for uh, some of the private and or publics that they right. own there, uh, given the crackdown that we've been talking about for months now that take, took place. In fact, on the other side of it, some of these education companies are going to be allowed to start to operate again in some fashion. Really? Although they're only going to be able to make money from tutoring adults, not children. That part of their business, according to the journal, uh, is going to be non-profit. But um, but we've watched many of these stocks get crushed in China, uh, and there has been certainly a a bounce back. Alibaba, you can take a look at as sort of a proxy for much of it, and been down as much as, what, 45% for the year. Uh, And many of them are coming back a bit again today. But that has been sort of the last last six weeks, a bit of a rebound. Um, there's a Masterson said during the presentation that uh, it was like a big winter snowstorm. Yes. Yeah, snowstorm. Yes, he called it a snowstorm. I, I'm snowstorm. sorry, right. I got this. So this is a weather report, too. It gives you everything. Masa gives you a lot. Yeah, he throws a lot at you. Yes, and he's in there for a, for a long time, and he did say uh, we're in the middle of a storm. Yeah. Well, okay. Like, maybe we should prep for it. He didn't prep for the storm. You know, there have been plenty of times when you took you look at the risk that he is willing to take on at that company, uh, and you throw your hands up and say, "I don't know." But he has been proved right time and again. Yeah, let's give him including the even term. over this last. I mean, you can go back a year and a half ago; things didn't look I good either. Um, right. Only to have significant rebounds. And if you take a look at SoftBank stock over a long period of time, uh, you'll see as well no, right. return of capital, so many other things that they have exited. Obviously, many of the uh, operating positions that they had, mm-hmm. and they truly are much more an investment company led by the Vision Fund, right? of course, uh, and Vision Fund 2, which many people also said, you're never going to get that off the ground, but is, there you go. is making investments. No, you're right. I'm glad you presented the longer term because yeah. right now the snowstorm is metaphorically terrible. Yeah, and this has not been a great year for the stock, as people no. can see there, as it climbed that wall uh, in 2020. Elliott, big shareholder there. Right. Which benefited, but it has been a tougher year. No, in the now, meantime, by the way, we keep putting this up. I'm, it's not really moving. No, in the lot. meantime, in terms of uh, of obvious, I mean, we've got it, there's just a shocking number of. You know, we we had cross border, and the president says, "Listen, we're going to do travel." Well, you would think that American Express would already be up, right? I mean, people, you had to open the borders eventually. Well, no. Merck's business gets another lease on life. Yeah. Well, uh, you were talking about obvious themes, Jim. Airbnb, eight-month high. Um, UAL, four-month high. (laughs) I mean, we've known about this date for weeks. No, I mean, this is like, (laughs) it's like, hey, you know what? Uh, Buy straw hats in winter. I mean, remember the obvious stuff? Hey, summer's coming. Let's buy Brunswick. Let's go buy some. Like, you know, it's nothing wrong with Boston having Island. a market like that where no, but it, obvious it, stuff is happening. and You can go out, buy that, and then it goes There's up. always the chance that it could have gotten canceled at the last minute. Yeah. That's true. That's absolutely true. But the idea that Caterpillar, which just reported and put an OK number, is now up eight because two years from now it's going to get a check from the government for infrastructure, David, is ridiculous. Right. It, That's Caterpillar's uh, first trip above the 200-day uh, since Labor Day, basically. But nothing's happened there. I mean, yes, they will ultimately benefit. And, there, look, there's some analysts who are saying, you know, you can put this number 
in the out years, the out years. I mean, you know, I, again, I, I look, I'm, all I'm saying is that if you looked at American Express, they just reported, they talked about small and mid-sized business. They said, listen, when we start doing international, it's going to really help. Okay, so they get it, and it's up four. Now, why didn't someone buy it on Friday and take it up four? So they could have scalped it and made some money. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Well, some of these credit card uh, processors especially have been wrestling with competition from buy now, oh, pay later. My. We're going to get a firm later on this week. A firm is so loved, and I've got um, spent a lot of time with, with MasterCard of late. MasterCard's just been shell, but not as bad as uh, one of my names for my chapel, so I have lost some MasterCard, PayPal. Now, PayPal has been obliterated. People saying that if they needed to buy Pinterest, then they must have slowed down. And if they've slowed down, there's actually someone came out today and said, listen, stocks that have bad sentiment go down. Okay. Um, that's a good yeah, Square, company. square yeah. today, a three-week low. I know. Yeah. I know. I mean, I think that this is push come to shove. This is a firm with a very small company with, uh, you know, just been this buy now, pay laters. Credit. People like credit. Yeah, we, well, we've been talking about, the, is, does it represent a threat to the traditional players? They, you know, we have you Max say, Lepchen well, on. Yeah. Max Lepchen, well, all of them, he's, he's trying to disrupt the credit card industry, absolutely. But people don't seem to understand that Visa and MasterCard are about going from paper to plastic. Now, maybe uh, Max thinks that they go from paper to buy now, pay later. But there is this a substantial number of people who have not even graduated for, out of the cash market yet. So I, I think that the market's being short-circuited. Well, you look at a firm. I mean, come on. I mean, if you haven't bought it yet, I mean, what's the point? <laughs> right? Hey, let's go buy a firm. Is that what happens? You wake up and say, like, wow, a firm's doing well. Let's go buy some of a firm. Is that, hey, that's a good reason to buy Ford. Ford's doing well. Let's buy some Ford. Oh, great, and, great piece over the weekend about how Ford outmaneuvered GM for the Rivian stake. I know. Which was really in GM's basket for a while there. and then It, it could be worth $10 billion. I mean, I that's can what see we're looking for, to do the billion. math the morning it comes public if, in fact, I've got the numbers. met with a very warm reception of what Ford's stake. Do you want the numbers? Worth. I already have them. I do. If, and okay. I want to talk if it about opens at 90, this morning. If it opens at 90, yeah, tell me. then it, it, it's equal to of the, you know, on par with Ford is $77 billion if it opens at 90 So this company has produced, now just so you know, how many, okay, here's an, how many Rivians have been produced? There's a little. Uh, seven? N- no, 156. So that's, that means it should be what? 20 times what you thought. Yeah. So now we, we make it so that it's a $100 share. Then it's equal to GM. Well, listen, Lucid is not far off from Ford either right now at a $71.7 billion market value. But this is, David, they only sold 156. They built 156. I don't know how many Lucids have come off the line yet either. Um, uh, you know what? I do want to, guys, get to a very large leverage no, buyout this morning. Do you mind? I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about a large leverage buyout now. Okay? Just going to take me a I second. wasn't hogging things. The Eagles lost. I'm trying to feel better. I'm trying to just fill your mind up with other things. You can't think about the Eagles losing. Um, well, think about this. McAfee, yet again. By the oh. way, McAfee was a... Was it private already? It was private once. Then it was public. Then it was owned by Intel, wasn't yeah. it? Then it was spun. Right. Now it's going to be private again. Is it any good? It, I don't have any idea if it's any good, but the deal is a $14 billion deal. That's when you roll in. That's full enterprise value. $12 billion equity value. You can see it's not doing much. It had no. been previously reported, so the yeah. stock had moved up. You can see on Friday, I think it was Bloomberg... Um, 26 bucks a share is the number. But size, I just want to talk briefly about the size of the deal itself because it is one of the larger leverage buyouts we've seen. And get, I mean, it used to be these 
large club deals, we call them, where you had a lot of different participants from the private equity Mm -hmm. universe, uh, were frowned upon in part because the, the LPs can be the same, so they end up having a lot more exposure to a name than they'd like. Um, it's Premira, it's Crosspoint, it's Canada's Pension Plan Investment Board, it's GIC Private Limited, and a wholly owned subsidiary of the Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi uh, Investment Authority. So that's a lot of different groups. That's a Why? Big club. Well, they got to write a $5.2 billion equity check, which is what they're doing totally. And then, of course, they're also raising a, a very large amount of debt as well, as you might imagine, $6.6 billion first lien term loan facility, a billion first lien uh, cash flow, $2.32 billion senior secured, unsecured bridge. Very large LBO, guys. There is a 45-day go shop. We typically do see these included in, in, in deals of this nature. And as for whether McAfee's any good, Jim, which I guess is the key question, these guys seem to think so. At least the 26 bucks a share. A lot of people involved in that. Big, big change. New John himself, McAfee, of course, he's uh, asked. Him. Yeah. Well, my my uh, Chapel Trust owns Norton Lifelock, which is waiting to close a deal. Until then, nothing will happen. But they close the deal. They have a huge percentage of the personal. Obviously, people like Palo Alto. Yep. Yep. Still to come this morning, social media company next door goes public here at the big board via SPAC deal. Stocks up this morning. Jim will have a first on CNBC interview with Sarah Fryer in a few moments. First, though, we'll look at the bond report. Uh, we were below 148 this morning. The Fed speaker window is back open today alone. Clarida, Bullard, Powell, Harker, Evans. We're back in a minute. You can get in on the new CNBC Investing Club with Kramer. Sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash investing club or just point the phone at the QR code on your screen. It'll take you straight there. When we come back, next door chief Sarah Fryer with Kramer on her company's public debut. All right, we got a real treat today. We got Sarah Fryer and Sarah is the CEO of a brand new listed company, but it's been around for a while, and we're talking about Nextdoor. Sarah, it is a delight to have you. Thank you so much. Jim, thank you for letting us be here today. Oh, what a on. day. Congratulations. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about your company, but first, I think it's really important. You're drawn to this because it is purpose-driven, and I'm going to use a silly word, but it's kind. It is. Our ticker is kind. But yeah, we're very purpose-driven, as you know. Our whole reason to be here is to cultivate a kinder world where everyone has a neighborhood to rely on. We think that's both good for the world, and we think it's great for business, too. So you've got an incredible acceleration. People love neighborhood. Neighborhood yeah. itself is, is a very important concept for you, both here and worldwide. It's all working. That's right. Yeah, we're in 11 countries, 280,000 neighborhoods. We just saw great growth in Q3. We pre-announced our Q3. So we saw our weekly active users up 20% year-over-year and our revenue up 66% year-over-year. So people love the neighborhood. And they're loving our platform. Now, can you tell me about, uh, there's a couple things that I, I think people need to know. But the first one is, why are you doing a SPAC? So we really needed to raise money because when we looked at the company, we have a ton of opportunity. So we wanted to put more money on the balance sheet so we can go out and really meet our ambition. How we raise money, I think, is less, um, we, we didn't really care that much. We wanted to choose the right route for the company. We could have done an IPO. We're a high-quality company. But the SPAC worked because we found a great partner in Coastal Ventures. But Sarah, you're kind of a rock star in the business. You're, you, had an, you could have had an IPO. would have been a big branding method. Instead, you're going with more of a quiet way. 
oh, we think this is a big branding method. Don't get us wrong. Um, What it gave us is some certainty. So remember, we locked in our valuation back in July. It allowed us more time to talk to investors. So I actually think it's a better branding moment because you're really getting to the fundamentals with investors over an extended period of time. And as I said, with Kosla, it was more than just bringing money to the table. Vinod, in particular, I worked for seven years at Square. He brings a lot of experience. He's a great recruiter and a really good push at kind of decade-long strategies, not just 90-day strategies. I think it's important to point out your personal interest in neighborhood. Could you talk about the troubles? Yeah, I mean, briefly, I grew up in Northern Ireland. I grew up during the troubles, pretty tough time. Uh, And what I saw was neighborhoods riven apart because people were different religions. Where I grew up, I grew up in a tiny village, My parents were the community activists, and they brought neighbors together. And so our Catholic neighbors were always in our house. They were there the night our windows got bombed and came in, and they boarded it up. And that, to me, has been the arc of my career, of recognizing this importance of community. And now I get to do it with this amazing team at Nextdoor, and we're going to do it all around the world. All right, so people are going to say, well, how are you making money? That's terrific, purpose-driven, sounds great. Uh, Kinds of ads, consumer, uh, you've got consumer goods ads, but, of course, neighborhood. Yeah, so... What I saw next door was a great business model, too. So we sit on a lot of data, and with that data, we can do today a very ad-driven model. The ad market is amazing. It's fast-growing. Everyone's moving to digital. They're moving with Nextdoor. We do great for uh, advertisers like a Home Depot or financial services, anything that feels really endemic and local. And what we bring is local but at scale. And then, of course, we work for small businesses, like your small business, um, where everything is local. So if you need a plumber, a dog walker, you need the local babysitter, things that are very high trust, where you need to hear from your neighbors, we do great for those small businesses as well. And we saw huge growth in our revenue in Q3 from those SMBs. All right. Now, I want to talk about Kind. Uh, Those of us who have been uh, attacked on Twitter, bullied and attacked, Mm -hmm. recognize that it it goes on because people don't use the real name. You will not allow that to happen. Never. No. On Nextdoor, you're a real person at a real physical address, which, by the way, is also great for our business model because we know place. Um, But it's really important that we started with trust. I really uh, commend what our founders did by setting in place. It meant that we grew a little slower in the beginning. And today we do take steps that sometimes we do balance engagement against doing the right thing to build a trusted community. But we know long-term that's going to be better for the business. So we do lean into that kindness. And it's clear the average revenue per user is going up big. And I think part of it is because it's real users. It is. So the ARPU is up 68% year over year, which is a good sign that, first of all, our ad platform is getting more sophisticated. More people are coming to the platform. Um, And advertisers are finding us, right? We are a brand that's still getting known. But as they come, they find something really unique because we bring them to local and to their community. Now, one in three households, 63 million verified, 33 million weekly average. These are numbers that I would expect from a company that is 10 times your size. (laughs) So obviously the engagement must be much higher. Yeah, engagement is very high on Nextdoor. People come with high intent and they stick around. We are best in class in terms of people who come and are still there two years later. We literally are best in class at that point. International growing faster than domestic. International growing faster because, as you said, in the U.S., we're already in one in three households. In the U.K., we just hit one in five. But we know that everyone in the world is a neighbor. The TAM is global. And so as we're going around the world, we're learning. So our playbook gets better and better. And, of course, the brand gets more recognized. I need to know about commerce. When I first heard that you went there, I wanted to write you a check from our restaurant. You said, we're not taking any money yet. I said, what kind of business is that? A nonprofit business? No, it's a real business. You obviously have built a great commerce system. 
Yes, um, we, we think that there's a lot more to come there. So not only can we do digital advertising for those small businesses, but we think there's many other different types of revenue streams over the long run. But as my CFO always says, and he's looking at me over your shoulder right now, the ad market is huge. Don't leave that behind because there's still so much opportunity there right when now. Ad market. A lot of people are worried about third party. Your first party, which we the are. advertisers really want. Could yeah. you please explain why, uh, why advertisers want that more than third party? Yeah. So first of all, we are a proprietary platform. All of our data is our own first party data. And obviously the world is changing. Apple is doing things. Google is doing things to protect people's privacy, which we fully agree with. Um, that actually makes Nextdoor even more potent in a world where many people don't have that first party data. So we can do better targeting, of course, appropriately. But we know if you are a dog lover, for example, we know if maybe you've just moved into a new home, new movers spend a lot of money in that first 12 months. And that is the perfect time for advertisers to get to know them. For example, who's the best ISP around here? Like, I need to have great Wi-Fi because now I'm working from home. That is the moment where they'll often choose a new provider. I wanted to talk about that. Turbocharged by COVID, but because of the hybrid model, people spending more time at home, great for next door. Yeah. It is. So we are absolutely, we benefited through COVID. I think, frankly, more because people wanted to give and get help. And we know that's a real reason they come to the platform. But now that they're spending more time at home and we see more and more neighbors saying they care about multiple neighborhoods, the one they work in, the one they live in, maybe the one where their parents live, their kids live. We are opening the platform up so you can actually connect to the neighborhoods that matter to you so you can belong. I bet you had dozens of companies that wanted to hire you. Why this one? Because it's the most special company on earth. Oh, come on, tell does, me. How many companies wanted you and why did you be, come on. Who doesn't? I mean, community. It goes back to that arc of my career. I think it's vital in the world. And I really want to work on things that can impact the world, broadly speaking, and do it with a team that I think is the best in the world. You know what, we're going to leave it on that because I love Thank that you. note. I love the kind note from Sarah Fryer. Total rock star, as I say, Thank and I've you, known Jim. you for a long time. CEO of Nextdoor. Congratulations. Thank you. You're the best. Follow back to you. Jim, great stuff. Before we let you go, what's on Mad tonight? Cool. He's, he's got Goodyear and Container Store. Don't forget Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.